0: Welcome to my podcast, I'm Jonathan Horowitz. February 22nd is the birthday of the first American president, George Washington. In addition to also being the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army that won the Revolutionary War, and a founding father who presided over the drafting of our Constitution, Washington was one of the most athletic U.S. presidents with a muscular linebacker like build of 6 feet 3, 200 pounds. In his book, The Game Presidents Play, author John Sale Watterson describes Washington's athletic accomplishments as the stuff of legends throwing a stone or silver dollar across the Rappahannock River or body slamming a trash talking rabble rouser outside a pub in Virginia. Unfortunately, the NFL Combine was not around to measure his time in the 40. Today, George wears number one, and is always one of the favorites in the race of presidential mascots at Washington Nationals baseball games. George has the lead through the right field corner. He's still got the lead way out in front of the other presidents. And the winner's gonna be George! That was from one of George's 189 career mascot race victories on August 21st, 2014. Is athletic prowess necessary to being a president in the United States? In a letter written by Thomas Jefferson in Paris, dated August 19, 1785, to a nephew, the future president writes A strong body makes the mind strong. However, he continues, Games played with the ball and others of that nature are too violent for the body and stamp no character on the mind. Gerald Ford was an all Big Ten center at the University of Michigan in 1934 and turned down professional contracts from the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers to attend law school. Looking back, Ford said, I realize I was lucky to have competed in sports. As a football player, you have critics in the stands and critics in the press. Few of them have ever centered a ball, kicked a punt, or thrown a touchdown pass with 100,000 people looking on, yet they assume they know all the answers. Their comments helped me to develop a thick hide, and in later years, whenever critics assailed me, I just let their jibes roll off my back. Although a knee injury in his sophomore year at Army ended the football career of President Dwight Eisenhower, he was such an avid golfer that he ruined the floor of the Oval Office from constantly walking on it with his golf spikes. Another avid presidential golfer, Bill Clinton, offers one of the best life perspectives I've ever seen when talking about a golf course in Ireland. He said in an article he wrote for Sports Illustrated, "'I played Bally Bunyan twice more.' Again, not very well, but I love it. It's perfectly Irish, beautiful, rough, and a lot like life. You get breaks you don't deserve both ways. You just have to keep swinging and know it will all even out. Sure, athletics is not the only presidential prerequisite. Thank goodness, says George Orwell in his 1968 publication, The English People. Orwell writes, Professional footballers, boxers, jockeys, and even cricketers enjoy a popularity that no scientist or artist could hope to rival. Nevertheless, the sport worship is not carried to quite such imbecile lengths as one would imagine from reading the popular press. When the brilliant lightweight boxer Kid Lewis stood for parliament in his native borough, he only scored 125 votes. But with America wanting to be a player to host future Olympics and World Cups... With presidential responsibilities including throwing out a first pitch and attending Army-Navy football and our country's infatuation with sports, whoever is president in 2016 better have a sports connection. The reputation in the mascots' president's race depends on it. This is Jonathan Horowitz.